What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey everybody, it's Tyler. I uh, just wanted to point out to you that we shockingly recorded this episode and then big news came from the Rockies. So, <laughs> this is from before the uh, release of Brian Shaw and Jake McGee yesterday, so we actually talk about Brian Shaw and Jake McGee and how apparently they've looked terrible uh, so far in uh, summer camp and no one knows what they're getting from them and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, no longer members of the uh, of the Colorado Rockies. So uh, we didn't talk about that, but I wanted to point out that we didn't talk about it and that's why. Um, also, as we will note when we get started, sound quality is, uh, is probably terrible for this episode because we're literally just both sitting in my kitchen, uh, but we'll explain why. That was the case also, so, uh, you know, stick with us. We had fun. We hope you have fun, too. Love you. Good catch. This is the first catch that I've played in my backyard. You said I played in a minute. I'm going to break so many windows to your place. It's going to be like great gnat sound. (laughs) Crickets chirping. Dogs barking. Purple Dinosaur Cast, Purple Dinosaur Podcast, Tyler, mine, and Tony Masterson. Purple Dinosaur Cast, Purple Dinosaur Podcast, Tyler and Anthony Masterson. Welcome to the Purple Dinosaur Podcast with Anthony Masterson and Tyler Mon. Enjoy the show. Well, we welcome you into maybe the weirdest episode of the uh, Purple Dinosaur podcast uh, in history, and one that will sound very different because we are socially distanced, but in the same room and attempting to yell from six feet apart yeah. at the same microphone. Uh, so, hi, everybody. I'm Tyler Mon. And I'm Anthony Masterson. 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 <laughs> and uh, in my cavernous kitchen, um, not, uh, not the best for sound quality, I actually did uh, the phenomenal radio voice of the Albuquerque Isotopes, Josh Sushan, came through Denver back in like December, I want to say, and Josh also has a podcast, and uh, he interviewed me for that podcast, and I held my mic like an idiot too far away from my mouth, and uh, it was very echoey, and now the whole episode will be that way yeah. today. It'll be great. Awesome, I can't wait. It'll be great. Um, so, so hi, we're, uh, a week away from the start of the Major League Baseball season, kind of, and, uh, we're gonna give you a preview, I guess. Like it's literally a week from today, they start and play the first ever game at Globe Light Park in yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, doesn't really feel like it. I guess we should explain why we're in the same room oh, to yeah. begin with. <laughs> That'd probably be like, wait a minute, they're together? Why? Yeah. So I went back home. My mom was having, uh, I keep calling it a knee transplant. It was, it was knee replacement <laughs> surgery. Um, they, so, got, they got a yeah. knee out of a cadaver and gave <laughs> yeah, it to your so, mom. Like, so I drove up from LA to, to Powell, Wyoming, and helped out for about 10 days with the rehab and everything like that. And on my way back to uh, my wife and baby my and wife. dog, my wife, in Los Angeles, I figured, you know, I might as well just stop in Denver and see some people and, you know, give a nice. Uh, Nice, rude welcome to Tyler Mon. Rude. Very rude. Sorry. I, I've, I crash in his in his uh, guest bedroom. I'm drinking all of his beer. Yep. Eating all of his uh, Whole30 foods, which yeah. is just like, not the point. Yeah. I, uh, you, you texted me yesterday and said, uh, you know, when you were going to be here and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
Yeah, I have to caution you that I can't drink beer because I'm doing Whole30. So we had a discussion yesterday about, you know, the quarantine 15 and all of it. And uh, I, yeah, I started doing, you know, so Whole30 for those who are not fat and 35. Um, you basically just try to eat like fruits and vegetables and proteins and uh, do that for a month. And it kind of like resets your uh, flab into seemingly less flab, but probably still just as much flab. Um, so yeah, but part of that is no booze. So obviously our favorite pastime when we get together is drinking booze. Well, yeah, because that's fun. So, uh, so that's a challenge. But um, yeah, you said uh, you were headed, you know, like on the last stretch last night. And I was like, well, I have a lot of beer that you're welcome to in my fridge. I was like, fine. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to say no to that. That's so, a nice yeah. uh, Tommy Knocker green chili beer. Yeah. How did you feel at the at the completion of it? Uh, again, you said that the first one you had, you thought it was super weird. Yeah. And, and you liked it for the rest of the time. First I chili the, beer I had, I was like, this is disgusting. I, and then, I had it the first First one, I thought it was super weird, and I have not gone back for a second yet. So okay. we'll, we'll see. Okay. But okay. no, it was exactly, it's exactly as, what you think. as advertised. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. tastes exactly like a green chili lager. Yeah, yes, and uh, yeah, I'm into it. the The best one that I've ever had was from a brewery called I think Horsefly in uh, Montrose, Montrose or Gunnison, Montrose, and uh, that one was phenomenal. But it's also in Montrose, and so it's not like I can just zip yeah. over and get a growler of it. But uh, I do really enjoy the Tommy Knocker one. But yeah, I remember having one at Cherry Cricket. The first ever chili beer that I tried, and this is like a long time ago. This is probably like 2010. I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, I tried the, the Tommy Knocker one and I dug it. Um, but yeah, so we're we're sitting in my kitchen, itching, itching, itching. And uh, we're, we're going to sort of try to give you a preview of the Major League season in 2020. Um, if you are uh, a recent joinee of the uh, the old Purple Dinosaur podcast, uh, go give us a, a follow and a rating at five stars on iTunes because we've slipped to like four and a half stars because people don't like our politics on Twitter. So um, that that annoyed me. Bye. Um, <laughs> and, uh, sorry. But no, really, actually, if you are a, a, a new listener, get in touch with the show. You can tweet at us at Purple Dino Pod, or Purple Dinocast, and you can. Uh, email us at purpledinosaurpodcast at gmail.com. I just got a new phone. I don't have the password to ah! the Twitter account if you want to throw that my way. We should point. probably change that because it's been this. Well, I shouldn't say that it's been the same since 2014. But, yeah, but, like, but you could also never guess it. It's, right. It's all kinds right. of characters right. and numbers and, and letters the that, try to, is that, in it somehow. that try to spell out something about yeah. the Rockies. And like it's great. every time I lose it, I have to ask you for it. I should. Probably make sure that I have it saved. And I was just searching my phone for our old conversations about it and couldn't find it, so I got really... <laughs> I'm in the weeds here, basically. Good. You're locked out forever. <laughs> this is my plan. Um, but yeah, we're going to attempt today to give you a preview of the uh, weirdness that will be the 2020 Major League Baseball season and the, uh, the Colorado Rockies in particular. We've literally sat here for the last probably hour saying, so what are we going to do on this show? What do we talk about on this show? Because um, it's not a standard preview can't really talk about like where top prospects are headed which we like to do from year to year can't really talk about like well look at the schedule and how well they're going to be home for 10 games in july against the dodgers and giants and that'll help out and uh so we don't really know uh, we don't really know what we're doing <laughs> i mean these are unprecedented times in these uncertain say times the least yeah in these uncertain times, Tyler Vaughn, it's good yeah. to know that brands are on your side. They are, yeah. aren't they? Um, brands, brands know you. Brands are your friends. So let's uh, let's at least try to go back through the off season as it existed when the world was normal and before everything had fallen apart, um, because the Rockies at one time were a uh, a team that. Uh, they were just causing a whole lot of angst and uh, and stress for Rockies fans from the offseason uh, until now because or until what would have been opening day because over the offseason they really did nothing they did not sign a single uh, major league free agent uh, they somehow ended up in a, a very unnecessary and unforced battle with their star and maybe the greatest player in franchise history who they were inexplicably trying to trade for some reason uh but we're not communicating with him directly um there's a lot that feels like it happened a decade ago that was this offseason Dick Montfort's in there to win 94 games because he interpolated the data. Interpolated, that which was, is a word that I had never heard. That was in heard February. Extrapolated. <laughs> like, I never heard interpolated. Uh, yeah, that was in February. That was five oh, months ago. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Now they can't because they're only playing 60 games. So, uh, they went 94% of their games. Right, right. They could go like 53 (laughs) and 7. (laughs) I'm sure that'll happen. Totally. Um, But uh, yeah, this team was weirdly positioned coming into 2020. And that has obviously only gotten weirder. Yeah. It's it's the same team as we mentioned. There's nobody really new. Uh, like yeah. Chris Owings was like the biggest signing of the offseason. And yeah. it was a mostly minor league deal that he will be in the big league roster, so he'll probably get his, his million bucks. Good for him. Uh, they signed Trevor Story to a couple-year extension, buying out his R beers. Um, they signed Scott Ober to a three-year extension. Uh, that was it. The rest of the offseason was, uh, yeah, as Tyler mentioned, just very, very familiar, I guess, to Rockies fans. Yeah. Where they were just dreading the news that came out from the club pretty much every single day of the offseason. Yeah, basically. Because first, first they got no news, which was not good news, right. as, as the saying does not go. And uh, then the only way you could yeah. make that worse was piss off Nolan for no yeah, reason. And they did that. Let's, let's piss off Nolan for no they reason. They that in spades. And then, and then let's act really... Really cocky about how the rest of this uh, season is going to go. Coming off of a, a fourth place finish last year, which could have well been uh, a last place finish, um, they did sign Matt Kemp on a <laughs> minor league deal. That is true. Um, which I, you know, I, I don't. Uh, this is not intended to drag at Rockies, but they posted a, a thing that said, like, finally on our side about Matt Kemp. Um, <laughs> Kinda. I mean, Matt Kemp is like 65 years old now, and, uh, you know, it's it's a thing that has the potential, especially now with the designated hitter yeah. being in the National League for, for 2020, um, it, it's a thing that has potential to, to help out in some way, but uh, when signing Matt Kemp, a 35-year-old Matt Kemp is actually younger than me, and I made a joke about his age, um, Signing him to a deal <laughs> after a season in which he played 20 games for the Cincinnati Reds and batted 200 with a 493 OPS. Uh, you know, two years ago when he was back at the Dodgers, he was he, great. He was an all-star in the first year. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Matt Kemp is not really the dude that I was like, yeah, finally on our side, last piece of the puzzle. I don't even know if he makes a big league club. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, he probably will just because. It's a 30-man but, roster to start like, the season. He's basically played a full season of games against the Rockies in his career. 178 games, 169 starts. In that time, in those 169 starts, a 314 average, 46 homers, 154 RBI, and a 976 OPS career what against is the his, Rockies. What are his uh, lines at hashtag Coors? At hashtag Coors, 86 games, 327 average. Surprised it's not higher. Um, 21 homers, 77 runs batted in, and a OPS of 1,005, which, again, can't believe it's not higher than that. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. An OPS plus at Coors Field, uh, or an adjusted OPS plus, uh, is 142, which is one of his best marks. Huh. Um, it is his best mark in any, any field he's played at more than, like, 20 games. Matt Kemp was, uh, he was in the Reds organization... Uh, until May of last year. He was traded there in December of 2018 uh, as part of that big deal that sent Puig there and uh, and brought Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray and Homer Bailey to the Dodgers. Then he was uh, released by the Reds in May of 2019. He signed as a free agent with the Mets in May and then was released in July. Signed as a free agent with the Marlins in December and was released by them in June, um, but was in spring training with the Marlins and now is a, is a member of the Rockies. I don't know. I guess we'll we'll figure out uh, if that means anything. Um, but uh, yeah, aside from that, eh, not really much has gone on uh, with the with the Rockies. So that is where they sit so, going yeah, into 2020. That's where it leaves us trying to talk about what's going to happen in this incredibly unprecedented season. We have yeah. no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, hey, the the Tigers called all their kids, right. and Spencer Torkelson and Casey Mize and Matt Manning could come up and kill Maybe it for, be great. for sixty games, right. and they'll win the Central, win the World Series. No, who knows? Nobody has any idea. Nobody knows. Alex Rodriguez thinks the Rockies could be tough this year. Yeah, yeah. Among other things, A <laughs> Rod has lots of thoughts lately. <laughs> he, he has lots of thoughts lately. Uh, his quote is, "I always found it incredibly challenging, especially in the middle of the hot summer, to go to Coors Field as a visitor, which I'm sure he did like twice. Yeah, what? What um, were you doing that, Ara? They have the unique opportunity to even improve on that record from last year. I would hope so. Yeah, God, certainly. <laughs> um, if they don't, they're in real trouble. Well, well, we guarantee they will not win as many games this yeah. year as last year. Yeah, they will not end up with 71 wins this yeah. year. Um, so, 
Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, yeah. so here are the, uh, the parameters, because to be honest, we were talking before we started recording, I think a lot of people have just not really been following the fact that the season is supposed to start in a week and, and all of it. Obviously, Major League Baseball did itself no favors with the, the negotiations to try to get the season started. Um, the, the testing issues have been pronounced and have been uh, very unsettling with teams that can't get test results, can't get tests, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I think a lot of people have tuned out. But if you are tuned in to this week's episode of the, uh, of the PDP, uh, the Rockies are supposed to start the season coming up a week from today. We're recording us on Friday the 17th. Uh, on July 24th, they will be at the Texas Rangers for the first game in that new, um, just glorious carbon copy of the artist's rendition of Globe <laughs> Life Park. glorious tractor supply store. <laughs> <laughs> um, that'll be a 6.05 Mountain Time opener. Uh, they are scheduled to play at 2.05 in the afternoon on Saturday and then at 12.35 on Sunday. Then an off day, and they go to Oakland uh, for a 7.40 and 1.40 two-game series on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then they come home for the quote-unquote home opener on July 31st against the Padres uh, at Coors Field. Two days prior to the opener, they will play the second of two straight days of exhibition games against the Rangers. So on the 21st and the 22nd at Globe Life Park, they'll play... Uh, split squad exhibition games against the Rangers, presumably at both Globe Life Park and I think the Rangers are using uh, Dr. Pepper Ball Park in um, uh, Frisco as like their secondary training site. I don't know if there are going to be split squad games between those two facilities, but either way, they'll be playing at least at, at Globe Life Park in uh, the and, exhibition games. And probably a good time to go to Texas for a week. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. Everything's yeah. going great in Yesterday, Texas. Yesterday, Texas just reported another 10,000 new cases. Terrific. Coronavirus. Terrific. Um, so not only are you going to one of the worst hotspots uh, in the country to do all of this, but you're going to Texas in the middle of July, which already sounds like hell on earth. At the very least, the new uh, that Bass Pro Shops has a roof on it. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, It'll be can, great. So they're at least not baking a bake in the sun like they used to in Texas. Hopefully they have great, uh, they have uh, really good air conditioning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's all of that. Um, the uh, the Rockies, uh, like all major league teams, named a 60 player pool for the 2020 season. At the start of the major league season, there will be 30 players on the active major league roster. After two weeks, that'll be 28 players. After two more weeks, it'll be 26 players. Everybody else goes to uh, an alternate training site, which for the Rockies is Albuquerque. And honestly, sort of surprises me that they did not try to get something done with the Brewers to use Colorado Springs. Because Albuquerque is a long ways away um, as far as these alternate training sites go. So I'm not really sure how that whole thing is going to work. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. It all kind of remains to be seen. Um, there will be a taxi squad, which we have... Uh, described there will be three players on the taxi squad. They can go on road trips. They can be available if there are injuries and yada yada. I think we're on that taxi squad. Yeah, I think so. Well, we're actually going to go have a catch later. We are going to have play a catch. catch. We're going to have a we're catch. We're going to play catch. We're going to have a catch and later. Anthony is from Iowa in the 1930s. Nah, I want to go have a catch. We're going to go have a catch later. <laughs> see how the arms are feeling. We are. We are going to yeah. do that, though. Um, we're going to record ourselves. Send it to Jeff Breidich. See what he says. We should actually Ooh, record we should. ourselves. Yeah. And then I'll use that as the intro. Perfect production notes um you already heard it and now you're hearing it again um so uh yeah that is sort of where things sit right now uh there are some interesting prospects in the Rockies 60 player pool brendan rogers will be there he'll be on the major league roster but ryan rollison uh the rockies first round selection from 2019 he's in that group sam hilliard who was so great uh at the end of last season jonathan daza uh, Tyler Nevin is part of that group, which will be interesting. Uh, he was he really kind of struggled last year uh, with the Yard Goats and Double A, but I think still has a, a really high ceiling. Um, other than that, the Rockies went kind of a, a different route. You know, you look at, like you mentioned, the, the Tigers or the Padres or the Mariners. Uh, the Padres have their top 14 prospects, according to MLB Pipeline, and their top two draft picks from 2020. Uh, in their 60-man player pool. I think the Mariners are the same, or the Mariners have like 13 of their top right. 15 or something and their, their first-round picks. Um, the Rockies went with a very mixed bag. There are not a ton of prospects, although the, the system is sort of light on elite prospects at the moment. Anyway. sign all their guys from this year, though. They did, and that was a, that was a pleasant development. Yeah. Um, the 
I guess biggest surprise to me was that they got Drew Romo signed, uh, yeah. the catching prospect they took in the supplemental first round. He was the guy who I was most worried about because I know there were concerns about his signability anyway. Uh, but, you know, if you're a, an 18-year-old kid and the world looks as uncertain as it does, there's a lot that says take, a few million take bucks. the money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, like LSU is probably going to be great. Yeah, like, right. You can take a couple million bucks and go Certainly. back to LSU later. Certainly. Sorry. Um, so uh, he signed for $2 million, Well, his slot value, I should say, was for $2,095,800. Um, so he got a good amount of money. Zach Veen, they got signed pretty quickly, their first-round pick. But everybody else signed from the draft. Not only that, they also signed um, two other – or at least two other players. I think on the the first day after the draft, they signed Luke Leisenring, who's a catcher from uh, University of South Carolina, Aiken, and Tanner Probst, who is a left-handed pitcher from Delta State University. They also signed uh, a, a pitcher from the University of Kansas. So now I'm going to tap dance while I try to find his name. But he is a uh, he's a Denver area native, and uh, signed him to a uh, a contract that uh, puts him in the you know the the whole twenty thousand dollar bonus maximum yeah. um, for uh, prospects who were not drafted. And um, so yeah, they uh, they did some things when it came to when it came to amateurs. Um, his name is uh, Blake. Uh, Shelton. Damn it. <laughs> How did this not? I had it pulled up, and then the new MLB site uh, did not last long for me to try to get his name anyway. Um, so, yeah, so there, that's that's a thing that happened. Uh, but uh, Blake Goldsberry. Blake Goldsberry. He's from... I told you. Creek? You got a creek? I don't remember. I went somewhere to high school in Denver area. It's fascinating whatever. stuff. Whatever. Um... <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Charlie Blackman had COVID. He's back in town now. Uh, yeah. Said he felt very lucky uh, with how it affected him. Um, we got a question yesterday, I think, from uh, our pal Alex Waterfield at Waffle Blaster. He did uh, go to Creek, by the way, in case if, you're wondering uh, about Blake Goldsberry. If he thought that Charlie Blackman and DJ LeMayhew were hanging cu- out, were cuddling and caressing each other since they're best friends, doing that's funny what they, stuff. So they both got COVID. They both got COVID. Yeah. Um, it's possible. Uh, you know, Charlie Blackman said we were doing all the all the right things, being safe. We had a very small circle. I was like, well, you know, it's. I think that just goes to show that it's uh, it can hit anybody. Well, and Freddie Freeman apparently, like the from what his wife said when Freddie Freeman got diagnosed, that Freddie one never gets sick, and two they had been like literally quarantining yeah. in their house, and yeah. he still got it. So yeah, yeah. So uh, everything is terrible, and. <laughs> I guess the last good thing to happen in society was Larry Walker getting inducted, or not inducted, yeah. I guess, elected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, pretty well, much. inducted next year, but getting elected to the Hall of Fame, and that was in January. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I uh, booked an Airbnb, was all was all set to go out and be in Cooperstown, and if not in Cooperstown, I was hoping to somehow be in Tokyo for the Olympics, and thought, man, either way, that weekend will be great. That's what uh, at the Susie Hunter told me. Well, either way, you'll be doing something awesome that weekend. Yeah, totally and that's, right. That's yeah, next weekend, and yeah. I'll be sitting in this house. Yeah, I would have been in Greece at this point at a friend's baptism, so. Uh, yeah. So here we are. Um, and instead, I'm sitting here looking at your friggin' face. Thanks for letting me stay here. <laughs> You're also wearing the Walker Helton tank top, which I almost put on this morning. And I thought, if I was sitting out on my patio having coffee and you walked out and we were wearing matching outfits, I'd be like, well, this is gross. No, it's like, I feel like, like, like I'm in Loveburger. I feel like dancing. Well, dancing out of way. No, it's true. Yeah. You can't wear the shirt of the band you're in. Uh, yeah, that's you. Yeah. You. That's what you sound I like. I kind of do feel like that right now, but I'm not going to lie. I'm fine. <laughs> We're actually uh, maybe catching up with uh, the former t-shirt creating guru behind the Purple Dinosaur yes, Podcast, Empire. Yeah. Tyler Merkel's. Yeah, that would be great. Um, get today, a, a, a biker gym's takeout dog, go with yeah. some socially distanced beers at yeah. ratio, and then come back and have a catch. And play catch. Uh, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association today jointly announced the latest COVID-19 testing results under the uh, health monitoring and testing plan through the end of Thursday, July 16th. Quote, the number of monitoring samples collected and tested in the past week was 10,548. Six of these 10,548 samples, which is 0.05%, have been new positives. That is a clever way 
to couch these results because we know that there have been a decent amount of positives. Um, these are now new positives, just six. I mean, that's a good development, obviously. Uh, the past week included a five-day period in which no new positives were reported. Five of the six positives were players. One was a staff member. Um, the total number of samples collected and tested has been 17,949. 23 of those have been new positives. 18 of those 23 have been players. Five have been staff members. 13 different clubs have had a covered individual test positive during monitoring testing. So positives are still coming out. Yep. Um, but uh, they're gonna they're gonna press ahead with this. You know, it's kind of where we are. I, yeah, I mean, we're we're not going to to not try at this point. So I, mean, I think uh, I've said for a while. I think a lot of every sport's gonna start, and I think very few will finish. But at some point, they're going to try I suppose so that is the scary thing and yeah. it's uh Major League Baseball also has its this situation for baseball seems to be different and maybe better because of the 60 player pool yeah. I say better in terms of the odds of getting a season finished it's a lot of tests uh yeah, it's a lot year. of tests yeah but it also is you know if you have guys uh put on the COVID list there'll be a different injury risk list for uh for players who test positive there are a lot of players who are able to step into those roles whereas in the NBA or the NHL not really the case yeah um so I don't know we will see. Yeah. I guess that's really where we are. We will see. Yeah. It, it's hard to really... Like, I, I, are you excited about any of this? Like, coming back? Like, honestly, like, you know, I'm, I want to be. I, yeah. su I super want to be excited. I want to be. Uh, and, yeah, I am finding it very hard to get excited. And it's... You know, what sucks is at the beginning of all this, when things were trending in the right direction everywhere... Um, you and I had a conversation about how frustrating it was to see sort of the old guard of baseball writers be so negative about the idea of restarting sports. Yeah. And that was back in, in April when, you know, we thought we had flattened the curve and, and things were trending downward almost everywhere. Uh, and then because people are selfish, now we're seeing spikes like we could not have fathomed. Um, and... Back then, I was like, man, we need something to get excited about. Like, just let us have the positivity of maybe there will be yeah. sports. And now, yeah, now I don't, I don't feel that because uh, Sean Doolittle put it perfectly. Uh, the, the Washington Nationals reliever said in some media availability last week, uh, you know, sports are supposed to be the reward for a functioning society. Yeah. And essentially, since we're not doing anything right now, why do we think we deserve sports? And that is, that is where I yeah. am right now. Yeah. Um, and that sucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's it. Like I want to be so excited about all the starting again, and like even like the NHL and NBA, like the Nuggets and the Avs have really good teams. You know, like it, it could be fun to watch at some point. The Rockies are back. Baseball, baseball is all we care about. Baseball is going to be back. And I just I cannot bring myself to get giddy about it yet because there's so much these players are putting on the line in order to do this to make us happy and more than half the country just does not care about who they hurt like, yeah. who, like who's like people in charge want to send your kids back to school without any kind of issues there they want to have not wear masks in public you know it's it's all very very stupid yep. and it, it makes me really not want to see this happen yeah um, <laughs> you know, even, even though like both of our like livelihoods depend on this kind of stuff. Like I work for Fox Sports. Yeah. You know, we have baseball. We are, our first day in studio is next Saturday. I've not been back in that studio since the late February. Like, you know, I want to get back to my job, but like right. at the same time, I I want to be excited, and I just I cannot bring myself to do it yet. Yeah. Um. And I don't know even if seeing baseball last night was the first and night maybe if I see it I'll be like yeah okay like I'm ready now last but. night was the first night that I let myself watch any of the inter-squad stuff which yeah. you know the Rockies could do themselves some type of favor by maybe letting fans access their product uh, in terms of streaming the inter-squad games and that hasn't happened yet but you log on to MLB TV and all 162 next know. year apparently. yeah yeah apparently uh, Drew Goodman tweeted that today if you did not catch that uh, apparently starting in 2021 they will be broadcasting all 162 games which why wouldn't you announce that when you had the new TV deal agreed to at the end of last season? 
Because all we heard was, well, it's the same deal. There will yeah. still be 12, 15 games not uh, televised. Unless that was a new thing based Maybe on because of the pandemic. The pandemic. Like, yeah. um, but last night watching some of the inter-squad games, honestly, I'd be, you know, uh, in the frame of mind that I find myself in in 2020, it really just kind of made me sad. Like watching yeah. these White Sox inter-squad games, you see little moments where you think like foul ball behind the plate. Like, oh, that's cool. Somebody will go home with that. And then they pan to just 50,000 empty seats, and it's so sad. And then the crowd noise being pumped in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's. Uh, I think I would be excited about it if we were still doing the right things societally. Yeah. And or if we were, were, tr- were trying. And, like, right, you know, or if we were trying. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that we have, we have um, you know, people being obstructionist to the health and safety of the population right now from leadership roles is so discouraging and yeah it just doesn't make me feel good about where we are um if we were still on the same trajectory that we were on in april uh well to be honest i think we probably would have gotten this thing started by the beginning of july instead of by the end of july but i i definitely would have felt much differently about where we are but as it stands right now it just i i'm having a hard time getting excited about it yeah so, uh, I don't know. I guess the, uh, the conversation kind of comes to it's 60 games. There is no precedent for this in Major League history. Uh, so, where, where are the Rockies going to be? I mean, well, Assuming we finish yeah. a season. Assuming we play a whole season. They get through the playoffs, the, the World Series, everything. What happens with the Rockies in 2020? Well, also, it, we had to preface this by saying that literally anything can happen in 60 games. Mm-hmm. Like, even bad Rockies teams have had good 60-game stretches. Last year, the Rockies <laughs> yeah. went 37-23 and 23 in their best 60-game stretch. They also went 16-44 and 44 in their worst 60-game stretch, which was the uh, second-worst, I believe, 60-game stretch, uh, third-worst. The Tigers had a 12-48 and 48 stretch. The Orioles went fourteen and forty six at one time, and the Rockies went sixteen and forty four. Um, the Rockies have the worst range between their best and worst uh, sixty game stretches, which is twenty one games different. Um, that's all courtesy of uh, our good buddy James Smythe at James Smythe sixty one. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think they're a lot closer to that sixteen and forty four team than they are to the thirty seven and twenty three team. Yeah, I mean. Maybe they make a good run. Like, the April Rockies have always been the best Rockies. Yeah. You know, maybe that will be a thing that continues and they'll get off to a good start and ride some momentum for, you know, what ends up being, like, a, two months for the most part. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. Like, no one could win MVP. Like, it, this for no, Nolan's year to win MVP would be this year. This know? would be the like, Rockies' year to win everything yes. because it would be the fitting, biggest asterisk of all time. Exactly. Yeah. In fitting Rockies' yeah. identity franchise history, we would just be told forever about how it's not legitimate. <laughs> so yeah. that'd be perfect. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I think best case scenario for the Rockies this year is 33 to 35 wins. I think they're much. Could the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. it could. Yeah. Uh, I think they're much more likely a twenty-five win team or something like it. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, it's it's such a strange situation because this was a team that was going into twenty twenty in such a bad state with everything going on with Nolan, uh, with the fact that they did not do a single thing to improve the major league roster over the off season. Um, now they're an entirely different looking team. There is no Ian Desmond. Uh, There's a DH. Up. There's a DH. <laughs> Which, you have somebody like yeah. Matt Kemp who maybe fills that role. Or Sam Hilliard. Or Sam Hilliard. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know what to expect. You know, like, you know the good teams are going to be good. Yeah. But there are so many wild card speeds. Like you mentioned the Tigers or the Seattle Mariners, the San Diego Padres. If they just decide, hey, why don't we just get all these young guys a lot of time Maybe those teams end up being decent, you know? Who's to say they couldn't, you know? Yeah. Like, what if, you know, some of the Dodgers start slow? Like, you know? Which they have. Yeah, like, what, what, 60 games, like, in 2018? Like, they weren't a great team, like, through the end of May, those years. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, see, through the end of May, yeah. Through the end of May, they were four games under 500. Yeah. And that was almost 60 games. Yeah. They were basically a 500 team for the first 60 games of 2018, and then eventually, you know, 
caught the Rockies and whatever. We know what happened there. But, you know, anything could happen. No, we don't know. Yeah. Like, that's, that's kind of the beauty of this season. We can, you know, take it as, as it comes. And if, if they suck, they suck. And if they don't suck, hey, man. Right. I, I, I literally cannot prognosticate this season. And, no. nobody, and nobody can. Nobody really. can. Like, that's just so weird. You know, um, is, is it going to be, is Herman Marquez going to, you know, pitch to his peripherals this year? Like, because he, his overall numbers last year weren't great, but his peripherals were. Yeah. The strikeout to walk ratio of strikeouts. Like, his, his FIP was very good. His ERA was not. Will John Gray continue to have a good year? He had a solid year last year on a bad team that people kind of forget. And if Kyle Freeland comes back, and is the Kyle Freeland who finished fourth in the Cy Young voting in 2018, mm-hmm. you know, that's a solid top three in your rotation. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Sensatella feels like he really has a lot figured out coming into this year. Um, and then there is some sort of mix of Jeff Hoffman or Chi-Chi Gonzalez or Peter Lambert for that last yeah. starting spot, which, you know, I think we're, we're all ready to declare the Jeff Hoffman thing dead. Um, uh, if Chi-Chi Gonzalez is a starting major league rotation member again, that seems interesting. Um, you know, great. Peter Lambert is still only 23 years old. Like, he's got some time before they <laughs> yeah. really expect anything no, big like out of the, him. The best part, though, is that of all the Rocky starters last year, Chichi Gonzalez had the third best ERA+. Plus. Yeah, Chichi Gonzalez was, like, actually pretty decent The third best year. ERA+. Plus. He was at 99, which is just a tick below league average, but it's fine. Uh, John Gray was at 135, so 35% better than league average. Herman Marquez, 109, so above league average. The rest of the Rockies' four starters, Sensatella, Freeland, Lambert, and Hoffman, here are their ERA pluses in order. So, Four, every, so, so, so like every one, 16. every one under a hundred is that much percent below league average. Right. Score. 77, 77, 72, 79. <laughs> that great, Bob. They were all at least 20% worse than league average Yikes. as starting pitchers last year. Yikes. It's not that you could tell them look at their ERAs. 671, yeah. 673, 725, 656. Oh, God in heaven. Uh, yes. And then you have your closer. Wade Davis. Yeah, he's been great. He had an 8.65 ERA last year. Guess what Wade Davis's ERA plus was last year? 42. 60! <laughs> <laughs> he was 60! He was 40% worse than league average, making $17 million last year. That's good. That's fun. And, and this year, he's given up right. bombs all over the place. Yeah. And Bud Black's even going to come out and say, hey, Wade's our guy, but if he struggles, we have options. Right, like, right. Which, like, why are you even coming out with Wade's our guy right now anyway? Because he's getting paid $17 million. Right, right. That's why. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's all been great. Um, Thomas Harding did have a good story, as all of Thomas's are, yeah. on, uh, on Rockies.com about Wade Davis. Um, you know... In 2018, Wade Davis saved 43 games. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're pulling for Wade. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know. Uh, but, but, yeah, man. he was an absolute disaster last year. Now, that being said, this is the, the crux of the story from Thomas. He says, uh, quote, in Monday night simulated game, which refers to this right. past Monday night, uh, Davis gave up consecutive home runs to left-handed hitting Rymel Tapia and right-handed swinging Trevor Story. A week into a normal camp, and it's, oh, big deal. But in this weird year, it could end up being a big deal if his adjustments don't take. In fairness, there is method to what Davis was doing. His experiments that blew up on the bats of Tapia and and Story, it says and Davis, uh, are continuations of his strategy during spring training when he was healthy and looked much better than in 19. And that is one thing right now. Like, you can't really put a ton into these results because guys are still, you know, working on things as they always say in spring training. The issue is, as Thomas points out, in spring training, you're normally doing that for six weeks. This, you're doing it essentially for two. Yeah. Really. You know? Yeah. Um, so they, they start games next week, so yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, so maybe Scott Oberg is there. Jairo Diaz apparently has been very good, uh, and throws a billion miles an hour. Um, Carlos Estevez has closing experience, so they've got some guys there, but you know, Jake McGee sounds like he's been bad, Brian Shaw sounds like he's been terrible. Uh, the Super Bullpen is dead. I mean, I was very on board with the Super Bullpen as a concept, good. and it does like, not appear I, I, to have worked out, and like just. A spectacular flame out yeah. of those guys. Yeah, not even like, uh, well, you know, they're just like, not as effective as you would like. It no. was like, oh no, they're all gasoline cans e- on a flaming every mound. time they yeah. come out. Like, yeah. like Brian, and yet you have to put them yeah, out there because Brian, you're Brian Shaw money. was benched for the entire month of September, basically yeah. on a team that was twenty games under five hundred. Right. right. <laughs> like, oh lord. Um, <laughs> the my favorite thing though to come out of camp so far. 
is is this story from uh, from Thomas Harding? It was a, a quote that was tweeted out by by Nick Roke and caught uh, some fire on social media. Uh, this is a quote from Rymel Tapia, who was asked what his goals are in 2020, and he said through a, an interpreter, "quote My goal would be to win MVP." Cool. And I love that Thomas pointed this out. Thomas Harding said, quote, but he was sure to say the three magic letters clearly so they would be understood in any tongue. Uh, Tapia continued through an interpreter and said, I've worked a lot and I've worked really hard. During the break, I was training and getting myself strong. I think that's a good goal to have for myself. I will never not love Rymel Tapia. I love him so much. I love a kid who has been kind of knocked down and beaten up at the big league level over the last few years to still come out and say, you know what? I want to win MVP. I love it. I, that's the, the exact like personality you have to have yeah. for a guy like Ryan Maltabi, who's been around like as a prospect for like a decade. Forever. Seems like. Forever. And he's never really put anything together like for the most part, at least not consistently. His minor league stats are fantastic, yeah. but that's the thing. Consistency at the major yeah. league level. Ryan Maltabi's career numbers as a big league hitter are not terrible. No, no, it's a 274, 311 hitter uh, in average and on base percentage. His OPS is 722. I don't know how to subtract. Okay. What was it? 411 is his slugging percentage. Uh, so not like heinous numbers, definitely not no. great numbers, but he also has never been done any favors by the fact that he's been asked to be a bench guy or a pinch hitter yeah. or a spot starter. Like he, he's never really gotten that regular of a look. Yeah, and with Ian Desmond yeah. opting out, it looks like he will. Yeah, his minor league numbers, 319 career batting average, yeah. uh, 364 OBP, 825 OPS. So a full 100 points on his OPS in the minor leagues through 740 career games in the minors. Like, yeah. He put up numbers in the minors that he just has not put up in the big leagues yet. And, you know, that happens with all young guys when they first get their their major league um, regularity established. The problem is he's never really had that. How old do you think he is? Uh, I I looked, so unfortunately I cheated. (laughs) He's 26. 26. He's been around for 20 years. Yeah, forever. We (laughs) talked about Ramel Tapia the first season of this podcast. Like I think the first couple of episodes, we were like, what about this kid? I got this like 18-year-old in Grand Junction who's fantastic. He's got a weird stance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, uh, that I'm very into. Um, and I am also very into, did we talk about Ian Desmond's opt-out? We did not, because we haven't done a, a, a pod really in a few weeks. I've been quite busy, so, so have you. So Ian Desmond, of course, decided not to play with the most poignant, um, lengthy statement that you could have asked for from any player. First things first, no player should have to justify opting out in 2020. No. And the fact that we are in this climate where Buster Posey adopts twins and there are people on social media calling it a black mark on his legacy that he opted out. Like they they need to be taken care of. Right. Calling it a black mark on his legacy that he opted out of the 2020 season. Like these people don't need to justify this to anybody. If you don't feel safe, you don't feel comfortable playing baseball in 2020, that is your prerogative. Ian Desmond went a different way. Um, he is not considered to be a high-risk player, so he will not get paid or accrue service time this year, um, which essentially I think just delays the end of his contract for a year, by the way. I mean, yeah. But uh, he, Ian Desmond posted like a 10-panel story on Instagram explaining his decision, and it was essentially, we're not doing enough for underprivileged kids in this country, and I want to be part of that solution. I want to spend time with my family, and I want to evaluate where I am as a man and not just a ball player. And he gave a lot of stories about growing up uh, as a biracial kid and about how his teammates used to chant white power before games. Yeah. Like... Yeah. And that was in high school, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, There was so much uh, in that statement about the the murder of George Floyd, um, what it was like for Ian Desmond growing up. Uh, He talked about his his Little League field in uh, Sarasota, Florida, um, that has been completely neglected and how he wants to be able to change that. He talked about a, a man named Dick Lee. There's a, a memorial uh, at the fields. Uh, he was one of the, the coaches in the Sarasota Little League from 1973 to 1985. And he talked about wanting to sort of live up to the words of providing pathways and opportunities and all that. But he did it in the context of of racial justice and looking out for young black kids who do not have roads forward in baseball and all that type of stuff. It's really, if you did not read Ian Desmond's statement, you really go should, you really should go do that because it's, it's very powerful. Uh, and he's, he is as good of a human being as you could ever ask for on a baseball team. And we have tried to keep that uh, as part of the conversation 
with people's frustrations with him as a ball player, and I think, you know, we've done a good job of separating it, it is both possible to really love and admire the type of man that somebody is and also be frustrated with them as a baseball player. Uh, people try to convolute those things when you talk about your frustrations with somebody and they say, you can't say that, he's such a good guy. Well, um, yeah, well, we know, we're not saying that he's not a good yeah. guy, but he, if there was ever any doubt as to what a good human being Ian Desmond is, I think he laid that all to rest uh, with that statement. And he had a lot to say about the state of baseball itself. Yeah. About saying how there's rampant individualism going on in yep. the game. And I thought that was kind of a shot and he at said, the Rockies, probably. Yeah, he said <laughs> something about, you know, in clubhouses today. Yeah. Well, Ian Desmond's been around the Rockies clubhouse for the last couple of years, so yeah. that doesn't seem to speak very well. Well, And also, it, it kind of speaks to what we have heard from people we know within the game. That the Rockies, like, they may have a lot of talent, guys. And it's not they don't like each other in the clubhouse, but... Sounds like a lot of guys kind of do their own thing, you know. We both heard similar things to that about the Rockies in the last, especially last season, when it right. wasn't going well. Things started going <laughs> off the rails. Right. Yeah. Um, well, guys kept to themselves, and you know, sometimes that can work. And if they were, it was pretty much the same team as the previous two years, minus a couple of key cogs like Gerardo Parra, who keeps the clubhouse kind of, who at least we know in hindsight now, really kept the clubhouse you know together. Yeah. But right now, like, I think Ian Desmond was kind of tasked with being that guy last year, the Rockies yeah. clubhouse. He was tasked with being the glue guy and the veteran, trying to take out young players to dinners and keep guys light. And, you know, maybe that's not his thing. Yeah. Like, clearly he he, he has a, a higher meaning, I guess, for the yeah. for at least the next year. Yeah, there's a calling that, yeah. that Ian Desmond's trying to fulfill um, that is, uh, that's bigger than baseball right now. And, um, you know, and good for him. And, uh well, this clubhouse is going to be an interesting mix this year because, yeah, do you do you now ask Matt Kemp to be that guy? Uh, because it doesn't, I don't know, it feels like that that is a role that should be Charlie Blackman's. Right. Um, or, you know, Nolan Arnato is, is definitely a, uh, he's a production and results guy. Yeah. Nolan wants to win, he wants to play well and all of that, and he is one of the greatest in the game of doing that. Do you also task that guy with being your glue guy, with being your guy yeah. to keep everybody together? That's a lot to ask of somebody. Trevor Story is a very quiet guy. He's uh, he's one of those more silent leadership types. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is it Tony Walters? Uh, is it David Dahl? Or do you ask some newly acquired veteran to be the one who somehow fixes all of this? I don't this? think Daniel Murphy's going to be that guy. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think uh, Jake McGee or Wade Davis or Brian Shaw are going to be <laughs> yeah. those guys. Um, so I don't know, man. There's, uh, you know, when we headed into spring training, there was a lot of pessimism about where the Rockies were. A lot of that still exists. But now we're in a circumstance where there are so much bigger things that it's like, well, what do we talk about now yeah. with this team? Um, Can't be mad at Desmond anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, David Dahl um, has not played in the last couple of intra-squad games, uh, but he is anticipated to play tonight, Friday night, uh, because of core soreness. Uh Soreness in oh boy. the, the, uh, the <laughs> hopefully not anything related to the fact that he's like missing internal and, organs. Yeah, and he's one of the most high risk players that is choosing to play this year. I feel David Dahl like. has uh, yeah. his own room, not just his own locker, but apparently yeah. there's a room near the clubhouse that's generally like a like a player's kids playroom or a sleep room. I think. Yeah, yeah. or maybe yeah, it's maybe a sleep it's a sleep, room, yeah. and they just converted that into David Dahl's locker room. So he's got yeah. like his own cordoned off room uh, because he is a high risk guy. Um, you know, Charlie Blackman is back in camp after having COVID-19. Uh, Ryan Castellani, who's fallen off a cliff as a, as a prospect. He and Philip Deal were also uh, the ones reported to have tested positive uh, for COVID-19. And those guys were um, also in the 60-player in the pool. Um, Daniel Bard apparently might make the Major League Which roster. Is- That'd be one of the craziest comeback stories. Yeah, he's been out of the big league since 2013. Um, but something happened to his jersey the other night. Uh, he did not have a pinstripe jersey, so they put number 52 on his back in electrical tape Which or was duct tape or something. funny, I gotta say. Yeah, it's pretty good. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, the Rockies have never done anything else invented with their uniforms. They might as well try something like that. Yeah, and, uh, like, and he's a guy who was the last, he last was 2017 in the Mets organization. Uh, he had the yips, basically. It was one of those things where he could not throw strikes anymore. Like, even going back to 2013, just looking through all that time, he always had way more walks and strikeouts. Last time, he pitched uh, two-thirds of an inning for the the Gulf Coast Mets in 2017, walked five batters. Uh, the previous year, or previous uh, stop that season in the Springfield for the Cardinals in, in AA in 
eight and two thirds innings. He has nineteen walks and seven strikeouts. Uh, so twenty four walks and seven strikeouts that year. In twenty sixteen, Palm Beach with the Cardinals as well. Thirteen walks, one strikeout in three innings. Yikes! Like it's, you know he's those are Tyler Matzik numbers. Yeah, I mean he got the yips. He couldn't throw strikes anymore. Couldn't find a. He was Rick Ankeel. He couldn't find the plate, and his career was over. Or so we thought. If he can somehow make the team and be a productive member of the Rockies bullpen this year, that would be an incredible story if they could have that kind of guy. Um, I throw a, a little reference in there to Tyler Madzik. I just wanted to point out to people. Tyler Madzik is actually on the 60-man player pool uh, with Atlanta. He was there. having a great he spring was, training. His spring training was yeah. brilliant. Um, and there is a chance that Tyler Madzik will be back in the big leagues this year after being a guy who has not pitched – uh, even in any kind of baseball, not just affiliated baseball. He was in indie ball the last time we yeah. saw him, and that was, I want to say, 2017? Yeah. Uh, so he's, it's been a couple of he's years. He's 29. Yeah, that's but, insane to yeah. me. The Tyler Matzik is still not in, 30. In four and two-thirds innings this year with the Braves in spring training, he had 10 strikeouts, one walk, only one hit allowed. Yeah, um, and that is just like... He is that a, would be the a, best. a longtime yeah. friend of the uh, of the PDP, and, and we have loved that guy for a long time. We had him on the show once uh, several years back. But just the easiest dude in the world to cheer for. And uh, he has battled a lot of, you know, thankfully, baseball-related demons. It's not as though he's had, um, you know, off-the-field issues or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, he is – I I really hope that he makes that happen this year. That would be awesome. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, you know, not – there's not really a whole lot to (laughs) suggest that we know what this season is going to be like. Um, I don't know, man. The Dodgers will probably win 55 games in a 60-game season because that's the way 2020 has gone. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Who knows anything? What I, else is going on? <laughs> I mean, we would love to see what's going to happen here. But, I mean, I think the, the rotation is set up. It's Marquez and Gray and Freeland and Zenzatella and then blank. The lineup's going to be the same as last year for the most part. Walters... A catcher, Murphy at first, McMahon at second, Story and Nolan on the left side of the infield, Dolph Hoppy Blackman, from what it sounds like, Hilliard as a fourth outfielder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the bullpen's the same pretty much. I mean, yeah. uh, Scott Ober coming back from his health issues last year would be a big boost because he had the, what, the blood clots last year. Right. right. Yeah, so if he comes back this year and he's healthy and the Scott Ober that we've come to know and love, that would be great. Uh, boy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. anything. Like this would be the year for the Rockies to do everything it right. Totally would. And, and it totally win, would. win it all. And, and then and we will be told for the rest of our lives how the franchise's one World Series title is not legitimate because it was in a sixty-game season. And then we could ask everybody else how our ass tastes. Right. That's yeah. true. That's true. Which is exactly what we would do. I think. Uh, what a cool world that we live in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's we'll, we'll obviously be with you as the season gets started. Uh, we wanted to give you ample time to see this pop up in your podcast feeds and go, oh, yeah, there's they baseball get, a week from get, today. Or, like, oh, oh, yeah, those guys exist. Oh, yeah, remember that podcast that I used to listen to? Yeah. Go give us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll, we'll get back into some kind of normalcy as the season gets started, hopefully. Knock wood, knock uh, like, what whatever this, whatever this, this is. Not, this is not wood. Whatever this table is made out of. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Try to be excited, I guess. All of us. Yeah, like, listen, if we get baseball back and they somehow can, can get through it, like, the, the fact that there's very few positive, new positive tests coming out yeah. now, that's Seems a great good. Sign. That's awesome. Seems to be good. But, you know, sometimes the, you know, if the players that are getting tested positive, it's not good for you. Like, right now, the Rob Beer Temple for the Pirates just uh, announced Gregory Polanco tested positive. Austin Meadows for the Braves tested positive yesterday. You know, what if, you know, inevitably the Rockies are going to have somebody test positive that, you know, that during the season, you have to imagine, you know, what if it's Nolan? What if it's Story? Like, you know, if you have to deal with it like everybody else is, what if Mike Trout tests positive? Yeah. You know, like, it's just, it is what it is. You know, yeah. like, it's it's going to be a weird season. You have to deal with whatever happens. And if they can play 60 games and they can, you know, and they can get the playoffs done, power to them. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so stick with us because there will be a lot to come, hopefully. Uh, well, either way, there will be, um, but, uh, hopefully it's all good stuff. And, uh, until we talk to you next, 
Please keep wearing your mask. If you are in the state of Colorado, it is now a requirement mandated by friend of the PDP, Governor Jared Polis. Uh, if you are in indoor spaces with other people, a mask is now a legal requirement in this state. So please do it. Wash your hands. Just be safe. Stop being selfish. Uh, I don't really feel like we have that many followers who are like anti-mask, but um, it's uh, it's a scary time for all of us. And I know from the standpoint of, of people like me and Anthony, it's not just that you're being selfish and risking getting other people sick. It's that you're risking ruining our fucking lives and careers. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, and that's okay. one thing that I started thinking about this yeah. week. Like, until we get the virus under control, people like us are hanging by a fucking thread. Yep. And that is an enraging point to me yeah. that I don't think people grasp. It's not just, oh, well, I'm not sick. I'm not going to get anybody else sick. I'm young. I won't die right. from it. Like, there are so many other things that are tied into this right now, and there are a lot of us out here who are really struggling because of the way people are being selfish. Yep. Think about the larger context than just, oh, I'm not sick, I'm young and healthy, probably not going to kill me. I saw, uh, unfortunately, uh, a minor leaguer from Colorado, not a Rockies prospect, but retweet some terrible woman who uh, said, you know, imagine if we had told the founding fathers that a virus with a 98% recovery rate would result in society being shut down, blah, blah, blah. And my take to that is, imagine looking at 2% of people who catch something dying and thinking, ah, they don't matter. (laughs) That's 150,000 people. By now, that is three fully sold out yeah. Coors Fields of people dead for no reason. You can tell the founding fathers about uh, an invention called an airplane, and I think it would blow their fucking minds Probably. more than a pandemic would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's so, a big, it's a big metal bird that can fly you across flies, the and you put people inside can fly it. across the ocean in six hours. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just there is so much more tied into all of this than just simply. Well, I'm not sick, and I don't think I'm going to get sick. Uh, some of us can't have our lives back until we get this under control. So try to think about things in that context as well. Um, we are all, as, as much as uh, Americans largely uh, do not want to believe this, we are all part of something much larger than ourselves. Uh, and just your life is not the, the whole point of everything. Uh, sometimes you got to sacrifice a little bit for the greater good. And, uh, and that's where we are right now. So please just try to be safe and smart and all of it. And, uh, and hopefully that will get us all into Coors Field by April of 2021, because it's not going to happen this year. As um, much as the Rockies think they might do that. Which is know. mind-boggling it, to me. It, it, it literally bottles the mind. It bottles the yeah. mind. Uh, Madison Bumgardner. Bumgardner. Um, also, did you see the tweet the other day from, I think, Nick Picoro that uh, Bumgardner, when he was getting ready to start his first intra-squad game, <laughs> screamed up at the press box to turn the music off? Yep. He's such a lunatic. Yes. Um, we do oh, uh, yeah. one special shout out uh, to a, a guy who I did not even realize was a, a big fan of the PDP, but uh, Keegan Harsha from uh, Fox 31 uh, here in Denver, he came and uh, and did a story, interviewed me for, you know, kind of the, the ripple effects of um, the uh, shutdown of college sports and yada yada. Um and said he's listened to the PDP forever and loves the PDP and so yeah. wanted to wanted to say hi to him and uh, Keegan, your your questions will be funny enough. Yeah, yeah, he said. <laughs> no, I always wanted to send an ask PDP yeah. question. I'm not sure if I have anything funny enough. Just send it in. We answer we don't, we don't we answer anything and everything. Yeah. Most of the questions are really dumb. Yeah. Talking to all of the rest of you. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that is that. I guess we will say goodbye for this week's episode. Baseball's coming back. Woo. We'll uh, hopefully be watching some baseball this time next week. Oof, boy. We'll see. Uh, and send your good thoughts to Anthony, who's driving from Denver to Los Angeles tomorrow. Woohoo! All in one fell swoop. Right. say. Um, all right, that's it for Like of the Dog and Anthony Masterson. I'm Tyler Mom. We'll talk to you after opening day. Love you! Bye! Bye! Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.